0: Hi everyone, I'm Kara Scott and welcome to the Heart of Poker sponsored by 888 8 Poker, a podcast that looks into the personal side of the poker personalities that we often see on our screens. I use a modified list of the questions from the 36 questions to fall in love study developed about 25 years ago by psychologists as part of an experiment to see if they can make total strangers fall in love with a kind of shortcut for getting to know someone on a deeper level fast. Now, my guest this time has got to be one of the hardest working people in poker. Founder, CEO, and the president of Run Good Gear and the multi-award winning and much beloved Run Good Poker series, Tana Karn. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you have another big event coming up, but I think that's kind of a constant state of being for you these days, isn't it?
1: It absolutely is. And thank you, Kara, for taking the time to have me on and um, for the wonderful compliment of being hardworking. I appreciate that a lot.
0: Well, it's incredible because when I first started seeing, I mean, Run Good Gear, obviously, and then the Run Good series, it was just, I don't know, there's something about it that stands out. It's not like anything else. It's obviously award winning and we can see why. And I'm curious to kind of know what you think it's success is down to. But for me, from the outside, I'm always so amazed by the people that you have around you. And I wonder how do you choose this incredible group of people that you have coming to the events that are working with you? Like what is it about the people that you look for?
1: You know, that's a, that's a good question. And, and uh, you know, there's not a correct answer and there's not a wrong answer. It's just who you feel that vibes with the philosophies that you set and Mm. The, the core goals of what the product is. And, and um, you know, we've been very lucky and fortunate that we found individuals like, you know, Haley Hochstetler, uh, yeah. Joe Garrett, or uh, Rachel Miller, who's now Rachel Winter. Congratulations, yes. Rachel. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's, there's a whole other crew behind the scenes as well. Um, and it was probably too long to list on the podcast, but um, it's definitely, it's been a process of, you know, they come out to stops, we get to know them, we get to talk to them. Um, and it's whether it's over breaking bread, over a beer, over a mm. coffee, um, you just get to know someone, you know, a little bit better when you're just talking to them in a casual setting. And the moment that clicks for us is the moment that we know that, hey, this is actually a person that maybe we should reach out to for some of the positions we have. And, mm. you know, a lot of stuff just happens organically, like people show up and we get to know them and next thing you know, they're like, hey, like I have this special set of skills and um, we're like, absolutely, like um, we'd love to have you. So it's it's huh. been uh, pretty uh, serendipitous.
0: Yeah. Have you had to change the way that you approach kind of the the company and the business as things have been growing and, and just in doing so incredibly well?
1: Oh, 100%. Um, and I, I won't lie to you, I'm a, I'm a transparent guy. So when we first started... <laughs> There was no ambition or, you know, goal or or five year, 20 year mark. It was, let's have a great time. Let's make (laughs) enough to pay the bar tab. And, you know, it was, there was definitely moments where we would have, you know, office hours and be like, yeah, you guys want to go to the bar and, you know, have a drink or you guys want to, you know, (laughs) just go, go play some poker. And, um, you know, there wasn't really a set, uh, like, I guess, work schedule and, you know, that was on the very early ons when, you know, I was just a kid with a backpack and we're, mm. you know, just having a good time. And uh, over the years, obviously, we've grown up and, and poker's grown up as well. And it, the beauty of it is, is that we've grown up with a lot of people inside the industry yeah, as well. And, uh, you know, those times where, you know, I, I wish I can cut out a little bit early or, you know, make sure <laughs> that I'm there for a, a start of a poker game uh, is becoming uh, far less. But, yeah, um, you know, I think that's just part of growing up. Is uh, you know just trying to prior tori- prioritize prioritize uh, a couple things ahead of me, and, and especially when now you know we have a bigger crew. Um, there's a lot more responsibility to be had, yeah. and, and uh, you know I think um, you know as, as as weird as it sounds, as I've aged as well from when I started this <laughs> as a 23 year old. Uh, oh my gosh! Now is you know I, there's a lot more people depending on me to to accomplish things, and um, that's probably you know I think maybe that's pressure. No, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's a lot of pressure, and and definitely a ton of pressure during uh you know the the pandemic and
0: yeah. Um,
1: but uh, overall, I think you know it's uh, it's one of those things where you know pressure makes diamonds, and, and I think mm-hmm. it's just kind of we adapted, and and uh, it's really just put a a a great idea or or um, work ethic for everything that we do nowadays. Just because mm. you know. We we know that you know there's plenty of time to have a lot of fun, um, but now with you know uh, a tour stop probably every other week, wow. um, we buckle down a little bit more nowadays.
0: Yeah, well, you still make it look like a, a heck of a lot of fun. I gotta say, whenever I see the media coming out of the events, and I mean, it's always faces that I really like to see as well. Like a lot of the people that you have coming and and being part of the Run Good crew are, I don't know, so incredibly likable, and I think that's part of it. It looks like fun. People want to go because it looks like so much fun. So like congratulations on doing that. I, <laughs> I, I take my hat off too. I think that it's, um, yeah, it's, it. we don't always hit the mark in poker in that way. And there's lots of different reasons to have lots of different kinds of series, you know, like whether they're professional or amateur or a mixture of both or, you know, high stakes or regular stakes, low stakes. So it's kind of cool to see something do so well and consistently. So, so yeah, congratulations. Thank Um, you. Thank you. When you started just the series itself, so you're saying like you didn't really have these kind of massive lofty goals. What did you think? Okay, now this, if we get this, that's going to be a success. Like for your first event.
1: If I was able to have somebody buy one shirt. No way. Um, (laughs) I'm telling you, the bar was low. I mean, we were were just, you know, it's one of those things where – you know, we kind of—I just had an idea, and I just hope for the best. And yeah, um, I've—you know—I'm not going to say it was all because of skill or hard work. I, there was a ton of lucky breaks that occurred, sure, um, from the start like poker, to where we are I imagine. now. Imagine—you know—you oh, got to 100%. work hard,
0: but you got to be lucky or not unlucky.
1: Oh, definitely. And there was definitely yeah. like, um, like you know, if you look back at it, there's a certain sequence of events that happen. If like I didn't bust this tournament at this time, if I <laughs> didn't decide to have you know this beer at this piegout table. Or, you know, there's there's all sorts of little
0: yeah. things in our
1: past and history. And, and um, the one thing I will say is that, you know, I think from when I have grown up since 23 to now, um, the big thing about what I do and what I love is being able to just be approachable and talk to everyone. Yeah. And that's gotten me to where I am now. And that's, you know, allowed me to, you know, find those lucky breaks along the way.
0: Man. So 23, like that is incredibly young to start kind of anything like at 23, I, I mean, I think I was in university and I had literally no idea what I was going to do. I, I never would have guessed that I'd end up here. So how, <laughs> like, what is it about, about you and your personality, maybe the way you grew up or just who you are that kind of drove you at 23 to start doing this?
1: Sure. No, uh, I mean, there's, there's a, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how long the podcast is, so I'll try to give the <laughs> spark notes. Take your time. <laughs> um, you know, th- when, when I grew up, you know, my, I grew up, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a first generation, uh, my parents, you know, were born overseas and they came yeah. over and, um, you know, there was, you know, we grew up in the restaurant industry. Um, they opened up a restaurant and, um, you know, there's long hours and, um, but including in that is, you know, you're on the floor a lot you're talking yeah. to customers, you're, you're uh, taking orders, you're talking to employees, you're, you're just making, you're seeing the whole ship kind of, um, take on cause that's what most family restaurants are and, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, growing up from that kind of that atmosphere and then, you know, my dad's always been a big proponent of telling me from like day one is like build things to last. Mm. And, um, you know, when I left for college and, you know, basically tried to trailblaze my own way in life, um, I decided that I was going to try to do sports and, uh, you know, it was out of the blue. Like I, I didn't have a plan. I didn't like go to school to like try to get into sports marketing. Um, I just decided, you know, one day I woke up and I was like, Hey, I'm going to try to work for the NBA. Wow. um,
0: Like aim high. I love that.
1: Oh, a hundred (laughs) percent. And it was, it was a hilarious sequence of events and just for some context. So in college I did some, you know, summer internships and, you know, just like little, little jobs here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of my jobs was uh, working for a modeling agency and love it my yeah my, and not not for my good looks, trust me it was it was more oh, I was, like, I was behind expecting. the scenes guy <laughs> behind the scenes guy um i would assign um you know beer spokes people to go yeah. to different bars in gaslamp district in san diego mm-hmm. and they promote anheuser busch or they promote you know whatever special they got going on um and you know i was just the guy with the walkie talkie being like you know just check in make sure you like head there it's like your time's up like let's go to the mm-hmm. next bar um and you know with that kind of like background Um, for some reason I was like, you know, I think I would love to go into sports and I applied and, uh, you know, they gave me a call. Um, it was kind of out of the blue. I had no expectations. I was going to get a call back and they're like, Hey, is this Tana? And I was like, yeah. And then like, you know, we started talking and obviously just had like a casual conversation and they were like, yeah, like we'd love to have you come in and do a in-person interview. So I go, uh, to the Staples Center at the time and it was with the Los Angeles Clippers. Hmm. I sit down, I'm probably with like maybe like 12 other people and like, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty intense. Like, you know, I was pretty young at the time. So you had people that were like 40, 30, you know, late twenties. I mean, I was probably the youngest in the room at the time. And, um, you know, they were just like, it was a group interview. So it was like very interesting They would ask us all these questions and like, they would just kind of see who would like come up with the best answers, I guess, or just one of those things where, you know, you're just kind of put on the spot and, um, you know, I, for some reason, I, I nailed it, and you know, I ended up getting a, a job call the next day, um, and I ended up working for, uh, the NBA slash WNBA for about two years, and um, I remember when I was leaving, the Los Angeles Clippers was the team that I worked for at the time, um, and I was transitioning to do a startup for my hometown in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the Tulsa Shock WNBA team, uh-huh. um. I, you know, my, my, bo- my boss came or my supervisor came in and he was like, Hey, we're going to do a quick exit interview. Um, and you know, we do the whole like casual standard spreadsheet questions, like how was your time here? What do you think mm-hmm. we can improve? Um, and he's like, do you have any other questions for me before I leave? And I was like, yeah, like, I mean, do you have a, uh, do you have, like, could you give me some insight on like, why me? Like, why'd you choose me of all people? Like, <laughs> like, oh, that's a great
0: it? question to ask. Yeah. I've never asked that. That's so Yeah.
1: And, and he stares, he stares me like straight in the eyes and like, we're pretty close. Like, it, you know, we had, we had a good run together and, and, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of ups and downs in the NBA world. And, um, you know, he's just like looked on it, like to be frank with you, you know, we, we looked at your name, we looked at your resume and we just thought you were a very good looking individual and we're like, he's going to be perfect for the, for the job. Hmm. And, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, that works. That makes sense. So they ended up, you know, when they first tried to bring me in, they thought I was a, a model. <laughs> um, and, uh, that I was gonna be great for like, you know, maybe doing some on camera stuff or, uh, you know, some like, uh, like handing out yeah. whatever on the, on the floor at the time. And, and, uh, oh, I was wow. like, oh, that makes sense. So <laughs> you no, know, I, I gotta, you know, thank my parents for giving me a name of Tana, which is, you know, sounds like a girl's name. So that's, oh my, uh, that's my funny story of how I got in the sports. <laughs>
0: Ah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So did that kind of inform at all? Like when you're doing interviews for other people, now you are like out there as the boss, those kind of questions. I think they're pretty interesting. Like, how are you picking people? Like, does that kind of come (laughs) into play? (laughs) You're not looking at their name is my guess.
1: (laughs) No, 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 for sure. I mean, it's, uh, I I think a a big thing that I have is that if you like come out to the events or you support the, the company in some sort of manner, whether it's dealing or, or, you know, come into play or however, um, you know, that's, that's basically my green light to give you an interview. Mm. And you nice. know, there's, there's never nothing formal. It's just more about like me getting to know you in that, you know, that casual yeah. setting, whether we're at a group dinner or, you know, like, Hey, like, you want to like, like, let's just grab a uh, lunch real quick or grab a cup of coffee. Nice and I always love learning about people too. Cause I think, I think right? you and I both know is that people in poker have the craziest backgrounds.
0: Oh yeah. The f- most the, fantastic stories are in this industry. I'm sure of it.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and like, I mean, I've heard, you know, stories about, uh, you know, like, like veterans and I've heard stories about mm-hmm. like multimillionaires And then I've heard stories about like up and coming people and just like that mixture yeah. of like, you never know who you're going to be sitting with at a table. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's kind of a cool thing, too, is like, you know, even if it's not for a job interview, it's just like I just, you know, if for some reason you've come to an event and, you know, we've chatted a little bit at the table or chatted a little bit, you know, on the side, like, and I just want to get to know a lot yeah. of the players a little bit more. So that's kind of been one of the, the cool things about the process, I guess, in a way is um, mm. it's it's not a uh, it's not a job listing by any means. It's just more about uh, of just, cool. you know, coming out.
0: huh? You were talking about your dad as well, and one of the things I love about poker is that it's a real cross section of humanity. Like you say, you can find people from all walks of life and also all ages too. And your dad plays poker, right?
1: He does. He's he's an avid fan. Um, and my gosh, he. Uh, he's come I mean, a long I've seen way. him in the
0: World Series, and I, <laughs> I that was pretty impressive because he had a huge rail. <laughs> he,
1: he's he's very well loved, and uh, yep. I. Uh, I, you know that's probably one of the the really cool things that I would like to um, you know always give him credit for is that he he's a very likable person and he's always very calm and mm. even keeled and you know he, I've gotten pretty lucky to pass maybe fifty percent of those trades um, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he's definitely well liked just because he's just he's just like a really nice guy and I yeah. think that's the bottom line of it and um, you know he's also. You know, when he first got into poker, I remember we were at a, a tour stop in Hard Rock, Tulsa, and uh, Jamie Kerstetter uh, was one of our ambassadors at the time. Mm-hmm. And my dad, you know, this was like probably his first tournament ever, um, and he got sat next to Jamie. And, you know, it's funny because they bonded somehow, and, and, you know, they got to talk and, and, like, basically like jamie was like are you gonna adopt me uh kind of situation (laughs) and uh you know they're talking about jamie's background as a lawyer and Mm -hmm. and uh you know coming to play poker um and then i just remember like oh that's so cool like my dad ended up busting of course you know first first tournament uh luck doesn't happen for everyone yeah um he he comes up to me he's like you know what like i really enjoyed my time here but for some reason I, i i'm I don't think they moved the button ever. <laughs> and uh, we had this like, I was like, no dad, I'm pretty sure they moved the button. Like, <laughs> don't worry. Like, I, like, I don't know. I think we should like, you should go check that, make sure they're moving the button. And it was like oh, the most Asian dad moment. That's where it so was sweet. Like, <laughs> oh like, my like, just wanted to make sure everyone was doing things correctly. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, like, don't worry. Like I'll, I'll double check. And, and uh, I, uh, Jamie came over later on break and, you know, we, we were uh, talking a little bit about it. And uh, my dad, you know, I was like, James, did they move the button during during when we were playing? And um, she was like, you know, bless his heart, like he was. She was like, yeah, yeah, they moved the button, and uh, but that's uh, so sweet. Yeah, but now, now of course, he's playing, you know, 10k main events. So that's uh, wild.
0: (laughs) that's quite the, the steps to get to that point. Oh my gosh. So, so one of the questions in this study that I kind of use as the reference for the podcast is if you could change anything about the way that you were raised, what would it be? And considering, I mean, it sounds like you have a, a pretty cool family of origin story.
1: Uh, no, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, I think one of the things and, and, uh, it's this this, act, this exact question came up uh, to me and just in a fun passing way. Huh. Um, you know, because I grew up with Thai restaurants, uh, my parents are from Thailand. Uh-huh. So uh, Thai food was everything uh-huh. I ate every day of the, the week. Right. Um, and, it's just food, uh,
0: right? <laughs> yeah.
1: And, and, I mean, <laughs> Thai food's great, but like sometimes when you're a kid, growing up, Thai food is probably uh-huh. not the best to bring for like lunches right. or not necessarily for uh, just eating every day. And uh the one thing I, I said in my end, like the first thing I said, I was like, I oh, mean, I wish my, my parents were Italian. So we'd have Italian every night. Um, <laughs> that'd be like the only thing I would change. But uh, no, it was, it's uh, I mean, I, I think I was I got very lucky, I had a very two very supportive parents. And obviously, um, you know, they supported me doing this great idea of, of hey, let's let's start a, a poker clothing company and then and run tournaments. And wow. um,
0: and there were I no like no hesitation there.
1: Um. There, oh, there definitely was. I, I think for there's... any parents, I think
0: that's like, um, <laughs> are you sure?
1: For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would say, you know, they, they were, you know, they were open to the idea and, and of course they were going to support me regardless of my decision. Of course, yeah. Um, but uh, I think too, one thing I, I, I've come to realize is that, you know, with working in sports and, and, uh, getting a job offer to come back to my hometown and was just seeing, you know, what my parents were doing every day and it, it was just kind of one of those natural steps for me to, to be like, you know, like, like, I, you know what, I'm going to not travel as much. Right. Cause like with mm. sports, there's a lot of traveling, a lot of events. Um, and I, I say that now, even though we're traveling around the I country, for stops.
0: <laughs> I don't think it worked out
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it didn't. But at the time. Was, I thought maybe this could be a good idea. So, um, but, uh, yeah, long, long story short is, uh, yeah, w- I wouldn't change, uh, weren't change a thing i think nice. you know obviously um, i'm sure there's uh maybe actually, i can't, you know honestly my parents weren't even big about grades either really, um yeah. which is kind of like the the uh non-stereotypical uh thought for uh for asians and uh it was kind of funny cuz you know my parents or sorry my friends parents would you know be on them very hard about grades uh at least my friend circle was and it was just always ironic because huh. my parents were the exact opposite. Huh. Um, but uh, I think they valued more about building things and like hard work. And, right. Um, you know, that was, you know, their their gift to me. And, and uh, mm. you know, they didn't care if I came with a, a C or a B. It was, you know, C's gets degrees kind of situation. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm very thankful for that.
0: I imagine it's really nice for them to see you doing something that you clearly enjoy so much and That is like such a, I don't know, just the way it all kind of comes together. It looks like there's a lot of fun involved and a lot of satisfaction. I would imagine seeing such a big, especially the series coming together like that. That's got to be gratifying for a parent.
1: Uh, Definitely. I think there was definitely a moment. um, I remember when we had a tour stop up at Granton Casino, which is right outside San Francisco. And uh, Haley and I had left to go to the Global Poker Awards. And my dad was out there uh, playing some of the events, and um, I remember getting a photo and a group message that we do for the tour stop um, of my dad um, celebrating when we came <laughs> onto the big screen. They had the Global Poker oh. Awards all over the tournament area, oh, and nice. um, you know, there's definitely that moment where like that's my son, um, and that you know, I that that's probably one of the, my most cherished memories. Um, and, uh, you know, really just kind of validates uh, everything that I've struggled to, to build and, and work for. And, and yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, it's obviously I think too, it's like my dad probably loves it because you know, he now has an excuse to come play poker yeah. whenever he wants.
0: <laughs> Seriously, VIP treatment. So
1: that, that's yeah. right.
0: So considering where you are now, what do you think you really want out of life? Most of all, like what would make you think, yep, I did this right I'm happy with my choices when you get to the end of your life?
1: Um, Ooh, okay. Yeah. Good big question. question. I'll just throw big that question. at you from sideways. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think, uh, I was, I'm a, a big movie geek and, uh, I, uh, I loved the movie big fish. And oh yeah. For everyone at home that doesn't know that movie, check it out when you get a chance. But it's, uh, it's a story about a father on hand kind of his, his deathbed and you know he it's like the viewpoint i think from him and his son and all the tall tale stories he he would tell to him at bedtime or like you know what he did um what he accomplished and you know they're all very outlandish and there's some like hints of magic and mystery to all of them um and you know i think the son ended up being like, you know, like those are all just fairy tales or just tales for us to, you know, go to bed. Those weren't real. Mm. And at the very end of that movie, like the end scene was, you know, they have the, they're getting ready for the funeral and um, the sun sees all these people come out of the woodworks from (laughs) all these tall tale stories. Um, And I think for me, that was would be my, you know, my end of life kind of ideal way to go is just, being able to A, tell my daughter about all these crazy stories that I grew up <laughs> with and, and experienced from all different walks of life. And then um, those same people from all those tall tale stories um, coming in and, and surprising her and being like, oh my gosh, my dad wasn't uh, just uh, <laughs> just trying to get me to go to bed. So.
0: Yeah. I feel like poker and kind of the surrounding industries of that will give so many chances for those kinds of tall tales to be told. <laughs> Like there's so many poker books out there. I mean, Doyle obviously has written so many amazing things about his life. He wrote so many amazing things about his life. And I remember he told me once that there were so many things that he could not write (laughs) and he would just, you know, there were too many, there are too many people out there still who would, uh, who would take offense to certain things and all of these incredible (laughs) tales he could tell one-on-one, you know, but he'd never write down. And it is one of the things I do love about this industry. And yeah, I agree that, that sense of having like a legacy and an impact, but with such an interesting twist to it. It's unconventional. I like that.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't imagine, I can't imagine the stories that uh, Doyle has seen um, and and have have kept in the uh, the deepest, darkest secrets. uh, Yeah, in the vault. (laughs) In the vault. (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, no. I hope I hope someday that yeah, I had, I can uh, I can say the same. And and uh, if I ever do put uh, pen to paper, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, uh, spark notes in a in a sense um, nice. for some of the stories.
0: Okay, well, let's talk about um, like a hypothetical. If you could wake up tomorrow with any quality or ability, and it doesn't have to be real, it could be a superpower even. What would it be? What would you most like to be able to do?
1: Ooh, okay. Um, What would I like to be able to do? Okay, so once again, a movie geek. Um, Big (laughs) Nicolas Cage fan. Oh, yeah. There's a a movie. I don't remember what it's called. It was called like Next or something. Um, Mm -hmm. And he was like a Las Vegas magician um, that had the special ability to see like 10 seconds into the future. Huh? Like not, not like a, a second more or like he couldn't like control how much he saw. He just right. could only see 10 seconds in the future. And, you know, my thought is, is like, I would love to see what's in the future. Like, I think that's something really cool. And, and it's just see, you know, obviously stuff change over time and, and, um, just a, a really cool thing to, you know, time travel has always kind of caught my imagination. Right. But yeah. also with that comes like a lot of responsibility. And, um, a lot of knowledge, you know, obviously sometimes ignorance is bliss mm-hmm. and, uh, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to know how I, you know, how I would die or I wouldn't want to know.
0: No, you know, the big the, ones. No,
1: <laughs> exactly. You still want to be More like, some trouble than they're worth, yeah, for sure. Um, but like, I think that'd just be a really cool thing just like to be able to just like see quick 10 second moments. Hmm. Um, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I know there's people out there going to be like, Oh, you know, there's like, he's going to see 10 seconds into the poker hand or, <laughs> or ten seconds before the blackjack shoot goes out, right? But, um, I don't know. I think I think it'd just be um, kind of one of those unique, uh, unique little, you know, bar tricks or or parlor tricks. But um, I don't know how I would use it just yet. But I would definitely use it for for more for entertainment rather than uh, any personal gain.
0: Right. Uh, nice. Um, so let's talk about friendship. What do you value most in friendship or in the people that you choose to be in your orbit?
1: Um, you know, I would have to say loyalty would be my number one mm. uh, valued trait for friendship. And, um, you know, my group chats are pretty hilarious sometimes, But uh, <laughs> and, and they'll probably make fun of me too once they hear this podcast is, you know, I'm a big proponent of uh, the saying, you know, the strength of the, the pack is the wolf and the strength of the wolf is the pack. Nice. And... You know, I think when you kind of go through, you know, the highs and lows of the poker world or even just the highs and lows of life in general, you know, there's definitely that thing where, you know, no matter what happens, even if you're cruising on cloud nine and everything is going right, you know, I'm going to be by my friend's side. And then if, you know, everything is going wrong and every turn is a disaster, hmm. I'm still going to be sitting next to you in the jail cell. So <laughs> it, it doesn't, you know, that I think that's that kind of mindset and, and philosophy that I've always seen being the most important in a friendship
0: mm. do your friends kind of um are they mostly from poker and sports or is it like childhood friends as well
1: um it, it's all over um yeah. and and you know I, I i got uh very lucky to be able to experience um all parts of the the country when i was growing up and and uh you know i, I you know born and raised in tulsa oklahoma uh, traveled back to Thailand you know, during the summers. Uh, went to college in, in San Diego, and then, you know, lived up in L.A. for a bit, and then huh. came back. And and uh, you know, I caught you know friends all over the place. Whether it was growing up with them, uh, friends overseas, uh, friends in college, friends in the sports, friends and from the poker industry. Um, you know, there's there's definitely been. Um, a really cool connection I have with, with a lot of people and, and those connections are, are made or strengthened by some of the, you know, the, uh, the stories that Doyle Brunson won't put on paper. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, that's just kind of, uh, how, you know, how that all came about. And it's, it's been, uh, been pretty cool just to see, you know, those different circles. And, you know, I think one thing for poker, and I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this is, you know poker is, it's a whole different world than what's normal. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's, that's putting it mildly.
1: <laughs> and, and, and there's nothing wrong. Uh, it's, with it. It's just it's just very different. And uh, you know, you you can have you know a friendship group that's you know talking about you know like crazy pots and, and mm-hmm. cash amounts and hands and and you know there could be stuck thirty k one night or and be up hundred k the other night. And then, um, I have friends who, you know, are, are just nine to fivers and, yep. um, that's okay too. But, uh, you know, they have just as many crazy stories in the workplace <laughs> or what they're doing and are accomplishing. And, um, you know, I think I'm a big, uh, big guy about, uh, relativity and perception mm. and, um, you know, every everyone's, you know, world is important. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of getting to put yourself in a mindset to understand everyone that you talk to and, and, uh you know, realizing how interesting everyone's life is. Um, it's just, you know, it's just not what you find interesting, but it's how they find it interesting is what, I don't know. That was very, that was probably too deep. I'm sorry. We'll, no, it's can, not at all. That's exactly
0: what we're here for. Um, <laughs> it's that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm So you, you strike me as being someone who is both a good conversationalist and a good listener. And I can see that, yeah, you're like a collector of stories. That's, that's my perception so far am i pretty close to the to the mark there
1: I mean uh, yeah, uh, yeah wow I mean that's uh you know, I'm just going to go ahead and get refunded for all my years of therapy uh, and we're just going <laughs> to bill you if that's okay. That's, you yeah. betcha.
0: <laughs> it's funny. A few people have told me that this actually feels a little bit like therapy, but you know, there's, there are somewhat few less tears, but it does depend. <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. Um, cause the, we'll, we'll go to one of the bigger questions now, which is like, do you have any big fears or have you ever been truly terrified in your life? That's kind of a big question.
1: That is. And, and, uh, you know, I think I've uh, I've actually gotten to experience this enough. Oh, I shouldn't say experience it, but uh, I've had enough moments where this fear would come into play right. that uh, I've gotten at least a little bit used to it. And, and uh, you know, Haley, who it comes to a lot of the events and, and is kind of taking over a lot of the things that I used to do, um, you know, a big thing that I've always told her is that um, every main event that, you know, Run Good has, um, I avoid being there as much as possible for that uh, kickoff on day 1A. Oh. Um, and it's, I have this like crazy innate fear and I know it, like it huh. won't happen, but I have this crazy innate fear that people just won't show up Ugh. and or something will happen and like they're just, right. you know, or want to be enough people or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, not saying that, you know, there there isn't a chance of it, but, uh, you know, I know that, You know, that's just something that I've always thought about. I was like, man, what if everything we put into this and everything that we worked for and and uh, grinded and built and and, uh, just was like gone overnight. Um, But then again, you know, it it changes like once cards are in there and, and, you know, there's late registration. Right. You know, so many other factors, too. Man. That, you know, that fear is not valid anymore. But uh, I, I have a, a superstition, I guess, that huh. I won't be there for day 1A at the start.
0: I can feel that in my like the pit of my stomach when you said that. I was like, oh, man, that is like, at, you know, throwing a party and wanting to miss <laughs> the first hour because people don't show up on time. And it's just it's it's painful <laughs> wondering if anyone's oh, yeah. going to show up. Yeah. Except that this isn't even friends and family. This is like the poker community and whether or not they show up. Wow. Even still, no, yeah. even still, you still uh, feel
1: that way? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's less, less, uh, less on my mind, but yeah. I, I will say that, uh, I'm a, I'm, I don't know if this is a good or a thing, but I am, I am superstitious in, okay. in some ways. And, uh, you know, if, 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 it's me not being there for the start of it, it would help, you know, add more people, some magical way. <laughs> like you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll call, I'll tell the Uber to go around the block for another yeah. you know 10 minutes. Um, I want to say at at some point, I know it's a fear that I'll probably have to put away, but Hmm. um, for some reason it's just like, you know, it's, and then we've gone through, gosh, probably over a hundred main events and uh, wow, it's it's still there.
0: Yeah. Well, things last for as long as they last too until they don't serve you anymore, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting one. I'm Putting my therapist hat on, it's really <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting. Um, okay, let's take a look at some of the uh, the questions down towards the bottom as we are getting close to our time, which I don't want to do just yet. Um, all right, can you share with me an embarrassing moment in your life and tell me, are you the kind of person who can just shrug off an embarrassing moment, or do you like replay it in your head forever? you know, which one
1: are you? Oh, there's a, there's a whole video archive in my brain for those moments. Like, <laughs> me too. Okay. And it, Yeah. Yes. So you're,
0: you're normal like me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and it, it'll, they'll come on, they'll come on in the weirdest moments, like in, in and yeah. you know, it, whether it's, even if it's like, like, um, you know, driving down the highway and you're kind of just like not thinking of anything and all of a sudden poop that, that replay button comes in. Ugh. Um, but, uh, for embarrassing moment, uh, man, that's, that's a tough one. I wasn't prepared mm. for that, that, answer, that question. Okay. Um, well, then
0: you can come back to it and I'm going to ask you this one instead. When did you last cry either in front of another person or by yourself?
1: Ooh. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's another good question. And, and I definitely, uh, I had a, I had a dog that passed away mm. recently. Oh, I'm sorry. And, uh, yeah, it was that it was just that time and and yeah. uh I think the craziest part about it um you know obviously the connection with him and and you know just getting to grow up with him as well uh oh, wow. as, you know as an adult um you know I got him when I moved back to Tulsa um, so this is when I was living in LA um and then I, like I came back to Tulsa and I was like, you know like I have there's so much more room like there's so much more room for activities than mm-hmm. living in LA um and uh, I ended up getting him and his name was someday because uh, oh. we always used to joke that you know someday I'd get a dog and uh, <laughs> that was like it was a weird moment when when he passed away and, and um you know definitely tears um, but it was also like almost like a chapter. Hmm. kind of closing or a, a book ending. Yeah. Um, you know, just like that part of my life of, you know, you know, he was with me for when I started this company, um, until recently and, and just kind of, you know, just that, that, uh, moment where you actually can like timestamp, yeah. um, part of your life, uh, through him. And, uh, you know, that was just kind of one of those, uh, those definitely pivotal emotional moments hmm. that, uh, I realized how much time had passed and, you know, really gave me a chance to look back at a lot of things um, in life and, and, you know, definitely brought on some waterworks.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Oh, I'm really sorry. That's incredibly sad. I, I haven't been able to have a dog for a very long time because I I've never really stayed in one place for long enough, um, (laughs) for a really long time. But I did have, I had a cat when I was in university. I kind of inherited a cat that I wasn't expecting and it, and he was amazing. And then when I moved to England after university, I gave him to my parents and my dad hates cats, like (laughs) truly hates cats. Someone tried to give me a cat when I was in high school and he made a, (laughs) <laughs> he made a joke about how it wasn't going to last and so I had to like give it back <laughs> immediately so that it would be fine. So the fact that I gave him my cat and I think because I moved away and so far away from Canada to England, they became the best of friends and that cat lived until he was 18.
1: Oh and man.
0: Unbelievable. Wow. Like in the pictures of them sitting together and he'd fall asleep on dad's lap and dad would fall asleep in his chair and, 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 I felt like that cat Kramer his name was he had been with me through like a huge part of my life as an adult from just going through university and going through a lot of stuff in that and 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 then he was my dad's and so yeah I was never really able I think to get another pet after that either and I I probably would have gotten a dog cuz I've always been more of a dog person but I don't know I think I'm a little scared too I got to be honest that because you know you do lose them, and that's just so heartbreaking.
1: It is crazy. It's a big commitment, and and uh, I think somebody told me this. Um, you know, for like a, a dog, you know, you know, a dog's part of our world. They're a huge yeah. part of our world when you adopt one. But the crazy thing about it is, is to the dog, you are its whole world. Yeah. And it's like it's like you know one of those mind blowing things being just thinking about mm-hmm. like you know, all the moments we shared and, and, you know, things that we did together. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's you know, once again, it goes back to that whole, you know, everything's relative and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just really, uh, really stings a little bit more when when yeah. I, I kind of think about it.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. They give us so much, like even just in terms of our health. People are healthier, you know, when they have a pet, when they have a dog, something to take care of and love. And I'd like to get one for my daughter, for sure. I think that's like an incredibly important experience to have as a kid that I had as a kid. I had lots of dogs. But yeah, I've just got that sense of hesitancy over, over that. So I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so <laughs> that's my therapy for the evening. Um <laughs> are you the kind of person who tells people, you know, the important things when it comes to mind or, you know, here's the question, if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with people at all, is there something you'd regret not having said to someone?
1: Um I would say so, yeah, it's hmm. uh definitely. But I think I feel like everyone should have that, right? There's there's definitely you know, there's uh, there's things in our life that sometimes we we I wouldn't say like forget about, but we yeah. just put aside, and by the time we get back to it, we realize, man, that a lot of time has passed. Yeah. And uh, you know, there's there's definitely that that uh, you know moments that trigger some of those things to get uncovered and, and mm-hmm. realize that you need to come back to them. And um, you know, I, I would say one thing that I've experienced kind of you know, recently with, you know, with having a kid and, and mm. um, you know, which is family and things is, you know, with my, I have a sister, I have an older sister and uh, you know, we actually probably don't talk much as like normal siblings should. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing where <clears throat> I don't, like I don't know how to a, either like fix or mm-hmm. approach and that's probably one of the things I might have to like really look back and make sure that I don't regret is, you know, figuring out ways to have a conversation that's, you know, like, like siblings would. And, yeah. uh, I think, um, you know, just over the years, um, you know, she lives in Colorado and, um, you know, I'll get maybe a text about, you know, she's coming to visit or a text mm-hmm. about, you know, holidays or birthdays, but nothing really in between. And I think that's something where, you know, at some point I would like to fix, but, yeah. uh, you know, for everyone listening at home, um, you know, if, if you have one of those, uh, definitely do it sooner than later, because um, mm. uh, I think I've uh, I've come to that part of life for myself where um, you know a lot of friends and um, you know just people I've grown up with um, have you know passed away, and yeah. I think that's one thing where when those types of events happen, um, you really need to. You know, take a break of everything you've been trying to like. You know, mm-hmm. go full speed ahead and just take a moment and just you know pick up some of the things that maybe you might have uh, might have put aside for the time and, and uh, you know just give it a little nudge and, and see if it's something that it's you know how like how much time would it take for you know to send a, a quick text message you know yeah. or even uh, you know a quick phone call and um, you know I think uh, one of those things is like as much awkwardness it is is when time has passed a certain amount Mm -hmm. i think um there is going to be less regret or sorry not regret i should say but uh i think there's going to be a a profound sense of accomplishment yeah um being able to just go back and be like you know what i put this off long enough i'm going to go do it and Mm -hmm. uh you know and that goes i think for anything in life and and uh you know, a lot of people will joke because they know me very well. Is like, I hate going to the doctors. I hate going to the dentist. <laughs> uh, I hate, you know, I hate everything that would, you know, probably is good for me, you know, whether <laughs> it's going to the gym or, or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think I'm trying in this new mentality or this new mindset to, to try to fix that. And, of course, obviously with that question being asked is uh, fix some other things that perhaps uh, are more important as well.
0: Yeah. I hope you do. I'm kind of in a very similar situation. I have two siblings, my older sister, and we speak pretty regularly. And then I have an older brother as well, and we don't. And we haven't actually seen each other in years. He lives where I grew up. He, you know, He's very far north in Canada. It's really hard to get to. And our family all kind of moved elsewhere. So when I go back to Canada, I visit our parents. Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I think... Eventually, especially because I've lived outside of Canada for most of my adult life, you know, since the 90s. It's been a long time. (laughs) Uh, And um, yeah, now we're adults who, you know, haven't spent the last whatever 20 years regularly together. And so, yeah, you don't know each other in the same way at all anymore. And you kind of have to restart that. And that can feel really daunting, I think. And, I mean, we do talk a bit now, and I'm really glad we do, um, but it's still not enough. And I think that's probably on me. And I think we're both really hesitant to, like, push. And so then, you know, time goes on, and you miss these opportunities. And, like, there's people in the town, he says, because, you know, they watch the World Series, and and mm-hmm. everybody loves poker. And he'll be like, yeah, that's my sister. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, seriously, <laughs> that's my sister. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, it's just, it's, it's a weird, it's weird when things can get so, I don't know, time can go really quickly. Even though it can take a long time to get to that point, it goes really quickly and you don't see it going. And I think you're right. We need to kind of make those decisions to reconnect with people because yeah, we're at that stage in our lives for a lot of us. I mean, I'm middle aged now, so that's just a weird thing. And every time I say it, I'm like, damn, like <laughs> that's super <laughs> weird. Um, but yeah, you gotta you gotta be in touch. You gotta say the things you need to say. And and I guess we don't stay in touch with everybody. And for good reason, because you know, sure <laughs> we sure don't problem. have room for everyone. <clears throat> but yeah, these ones are important ones. So I appreciate you talking oh, about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: No. And uh, and just uh, so just so you don't feel like you are the only one in the same spot. Uh, I actually went to the eye doctor yesterday. Oh. And uh, I, you know, they did the test, and, and you know everything was fine. And I got to the exam room, and uh, the the doctor walks in, and this was the, for the first time in my life where the doctor was younger than me oh my gosh and I was like oh my. that's gosh. super like, weird And I was like oh no <laughs> it's happening oh I got a little bit older and uh <laughs> but uh then then it, you know everything was like fine but it was yeah. like definitely one of those moments and and so you're not alone like sometimes you just kind of forget
0: yeah um, it goes really fast but, uh, when you're having fun man like
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah.
0: which is kind of the hope I mean that's the goal right
1: so <laughs> that's true <laughs>
0: I really appreciate you being so open for all of these questions and for coming on. We've never had a conversation like this. So this is it's been a real pleasure for me. So thank you for agreeing to
1: do it. Well, good. I'm I'm glad and hopefully, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, some folks at home find it uh, intriguing. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad I could hopefully bring something different to the table.
0: Absolutely. One of those people in poker with the fascinating stories. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thank you again. And thank everybody out there also who are listening. I hope you all feel like you know the person behind the cards and the tournaments that you love even better now. Join us next time on the Heart of Poker.